there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yes, he is. Dr. Rashid Batar, author of the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And he's here with us because he's helping you to do the same. Dr. Batar, welcome, my friend. Hey, Robert. How are you? Doing well. We, you know, we've been covering a lot of stories on Ebola and such and, and the, the law of the terrain, which we've discussed so many times. I thought we'd dive into some listener questions this hour as well. Also, there's a great article, uh, a kind of an overview about heavy metal toxicity symptoms explained. It seems to me that much of the allopathic medical community when they look at a disease, they only like to find microbes, but they don't look at, hey, what kind of environmental exposures might have happened to you? What kind of dietary issues do you have that might precipitate the many symptoms, myriad of symptoms that we might find also a microbe present? Right. We've talked about that off the show and on online, actually, a number of times, how even the CDC has two different divisions and that they always send out two different teams. We always hear about the glorified infectious disease team, but we never hear about the toxicology team. So yes, there are two different components. Even the uh, mainstream medical hierarchy recognizes that. Unfortunately, they don't give it an even um, they don't give it even emphasis. And certainly if anything, the greater emphasis should be on the toxicity component and not on the infectious component, because actually the infectious component is secondary to and ex- exacerbated by the toxicity component. You know, that is the, probably the most important. We say a lot of important things. Not that we're getting all self-important, but when you say that, Dr. Bataille, it's like I'm thinking, man, if only the, eye, the ears were open for those to hear that because we are manipulated by the media, the medical and pharmaceutically conflicted media to believe everything's about a germ. You know, even the Ebola issue. And it's kind of like, yeah, we know they don't have clean water. Yeah, we know there's no proper sanitation. Their hygiene's not on top. And we know that they're starving. But really, it's the virus. Whatever that might be, it's the virus. Yeah, it's just, uh, you're absolutely right. It's just one myth upon another myth. And, you know, I am really, really amazed now at this point in my career how much of modern medicine is really just myth. It's just, it all started in 1990 for me mm-hmm. when uh, I was still in medical school. And then since then, I've started realizing so many different components, everything from the IGF-1 and cancer issue, the type of fluid that you give in resuscitation of a trauma patients, you know, if they're in, in the surgical intensive care unit after a multisystemic organ uh, failure type picture is set in after mass trauma and a question that I posed to one of my senior residents and the amazing answer, I actually wrote about this and it's actually posted on one website somewhere, this this uh, experience that I had and my question to the senior resident was, why are we doing this? And his answer was, because we've always done it. It wasn't because of some physiological reason. The reason that I was given as a junior resident from a senior resident was almost as if, how dare you question this? The reason we're doing it this way is because we've always done it this way. And that type of mentality has unfortunately been the the mainstay of our educational process, which has now led to the United States healthcare system. I think being ranked thirty fourth or thirty sixth in the world. Yeah, well, you it said used to be the first. 
Yeah, and you, you said it. Modern medicine is a myth. I mean, that's the thing about this. And Liam Sheff has been on this for a long time talking about humans are a myth-making species. We make stuff up and it becomes our reality. Uh, and, and modern medicine just had better PR than all the other forms of healing. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly true. And, you know, the more preposterous the lie, mm-hmm. the more easy it is to perpetuate it, it seems. Yeah, well, we, even we claim, like- claiming that we're now about to suffer a worldwide plague of some kind of virus that's going to make you bleed out of your eyes, that doesn't just happen. I mean, you have to right. really weaken a human or animal body to the point where something like that would manifest. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I think Ty says, and um, one of Ty's quotes, or he's quoted somebody as saying that it's easier to, I don't remember how it goes, but you know what I'm talking about, how he says how, how it's easy to fool some people. There's a quote about how something that is more preposterous is easier to believe than, than helping out Robert, because I don't remember how it goes. Or maybe, Don, you remember how it goes. What about the more preposterous the lie is, the more believable it, it becomes? Or, or, or the easier it is for people to digest it. It's almost sure. similar to bad news being ten times faster in growth than good news. Because for whatever reason, our minds as humans, we tend to gravitate towards the bad news. That's one reason I don't watch the news, because, <laughs> you know, bad news travels faster. Well, exactly. And, and I, I think about the idea of disease and how so many people are in a what we'd call a disease state. And they say, if you're going to say to them, like you do in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, all the ways you can do to, you know, let's say create a healthy body, despite whatever, wherever you're starting from today. And and they might say to you, but no, that doesn't make sense. I mean, how did I have a hand in creating the the ailments that I suffer from? Because it's it's more easy to accept that that just happened to you rather than you did stuff, even in ignorance, that manifested in this way, and now you can do different things and watch the healing happen. Actually, Robert, it even starts even earlier than that. It starts actually in our minds. All disease starts in our minds. That's one reason of the seven toxicities. The fifth one, the emotional psychological one, is the greatest mm-hmm. one. In fact, it's the most significant one when we're dealing with the terminal conditions like cancer and some of these other really supposedly devastating diseases, which we have many patients that have turned around, turned the corner, and, and the the reason that they turned that corner is, and I can go back and look over the last 17, 18 years of my private clinical practice and look at the patients that actually turned that corner. It was the ones that we were able to actually, or the, they themselves were able to actually shift their mindset. Where attention goes, energy flows, and you must start with first your thought process. If you think that you're going to be sick, you are going to be sick. I cannot tell you how many times people have come to me with cancer and the spouse will say, you know, her mother died of breast cancer and she's been paranoid for the last 20 years that she's going to die the same way. She's been getting breast mammograms done every year for the last 16 years. And then, you know, she started having these, and, and the story goes on and on. So you start thinking about it. Okay, the mind for 20 years has been worried about this. Then for the last 16 years, you've been traumatizing your breast, giving it more radiation than it should get and inflaming it by compressing it and causing pain. And, and then you wonder how you got breast cancer from me. Come on. Well, exactly. And, and you know, that's another story we covered last hour. Super Don and I were talking about the NFL's pink ribbon campaign. They're going to be part of the pink washing. They call it Pinktober. And, I'm, I, you know, I want to vomit on that. Not that I am a fan of vomiting, but if you're going to be intoxicated, you got to get it out fast. Uh, the whole idea is... You know, don't talk about heavy metals. Don't talk about ionizing radiation unless you're encouraging women to get annual or more frequent scans of their breast tissue that may cause the very cancer you want to claim to prevent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't talk about the fact how many other free nations are protesting 
the use of genetically modified food and the fact that the governments are not allowing genetically modified food to be in food uh, products unless they're labeled as such. But here in our country, the, whole, you know, the, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave, we are allowing foods to be labeled, uh, I'm sorry, foods to contain GMO substances and not have them labeled so that people aren't aware whether or not the food that they're consuming is genetically modified or not. And, you know, when we talk about toxicity, that's one aspect of it, and that's, of course, the greatest aspect. But the the sixth toxicity when I talk about, I talk about foods, and people think I'm talking about the the types of foods. That's not the case. I'm not talking about the types of foods. I'm talking about what we do to food, the homogenization, the pasteurization, the irradiation, the genetic modification of food, how we manipulate the things that we take into our bodies that are designed to sustain us, and those sustainable components that we're taking into our body are non-sustainable in their own essence. So how can they sustain us? If Mm -hmm. if you've changed the entire configuration of what the Creator created to sustain us, and now you change that, when we we take that in, by default, we're going to be also genetically modified. We are genetically modifying ourselves. We're adjusting our systems, not the way the ultimate engineer designed it, but the way that some idiot in some lab came up with. Mm -hmm. And that idiot is... I'd I'd rather stay true to the design of the Creator than, than some scientist in some lab. Uh, exactly. If you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, each and every Monday we kick off the week with Dr. Rashid Bittar. We do advanced medicine uh, based on his clinical experience, and you can read about it in his book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, and talking about the different toxicities. And you mentioned already the emotional, psychological, mental. Also, we talk about spiritual issues and how you know, when you're really invested in what we call holistic medicine, and medicine doesn't have to be an FDA-approved substance. In fact, in, in, real, in reality, it's not. Uh, but there are all these layers and levels, and, and we started talking heavy metals as well. And, you know, as much as we would say we need to have a very positive mental attitude, an emotional place, a, a spirit of forgiveness and love in our lives, we still also have to get the heavy metals out. You're absolutely right, Robert. The heavy metals, the seven, the seven toxicities in my philosophy, the seven toxicities, heavy metals is the first one. And, and it's the first one for a number of reasons. One, because it was the first one that became evident to me, and it was also one of the ones that I believe is endemic in our society. And I'm not talking about just the American society. I'm talking about the global society. And it is something that is the most misunderstood, the most neglected, and probably the most significant of all the toxicities that we're all being affected by. Hmm. Indeed, and that's the you know that's the basis of this article. Looking if you, on natural news and, and the things that Dr. Batar has done in his career as well to recognize. And as a homeopath, and I look in the Materia Medica and I see mercury and cadmium and arsenic and lead and aluminum. All of these things were known toxic metals, and they have pages and pages and pages of side effects or direct effects of them in small quantities, even in the body how they were manifesting, and that's why they become medicines in homeopathic form. But to pull them out in that physical form where they're creating that havoc within the body is critically important. Yet, as we said, as we open today's show on with you, this is something largely ignored by the entire profession of modern medicine. Yeah, in fact, you know, ignoring is one thing, but when there's an active effort to negate it, to demonize it, to minimize it, now you realize that there's something else going on. So it's not that they're just ignoring and saying, oh, well, you know, we don't know anything about it or we didn't recognize it. Anybody who does address it is ostracized, is mm-hmm. demonized, uh, and at best just minimized. 
Yeah, exactly, which tells you there's an agenda to keep the people unconscious, sick, alive enough to take money from them, (laughs) right? steal from them, use their energy for your benefit if you're an elitist on this planet right now, but not enough to allow them to be conscious enough to overthrow them. Right. This is a big, big spiritual issue here on planet Earth right now, playing itself out. And we're in the midst of living in interesting times. I'm just glad I have you as a friend, Dr. Batar. We're going to be back in just a moment. We're about on a break here. I want to ask Dr. Batar, we have a question of the day coming in about MS, multiple sclerosis. I've had experience in working with folks and helping reverse it, as has Dr. Batar. And so we want to answer this question, give you more insights into why these diseases are manifesting and empower you to undo them and live a much happier, healthier life. So stick around. Lots more healing to go. If you miss a show, particularly this one with Dr. Bittar, go to medicalrewind.com. It's linked up in the show notes. Back after this, 866-939-2355. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. No matter what's got you troubled around the world, this is Party Central for Health, Freedom, and Healing Liberty. Six days a week, and of course, uh, every Monday we kick it off with Dr. Rasha Bittar, the uh, author of the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Again, if you miss an episode here, one of the easiest ways to get it, and there are hundreds of hours now available to you, go to medicalrewind.com to plug into Dr. Bittar and all the wonderful things, and the videos you can watch as well. Now, Dr. Bittar, we have a question of the day, and I think it absolutely relates to our theme today with the heavy metal issue. Uh, Laura writes in. She says she's been following us for a few years now. She's asking for help. Uh, she was diagnosed with MS 20 years ago, but she has not done any medication. She's been using diet and supplements to hold herself together, but only recently, as she said, she's been feeling a lot worse. She's concerned. She wants to know if we have any insight or can help her in any way, and that's from Laura. Uh, so I know we can't give her specifics because we don't know enough about her, but it, there are some things we can pull out of her re- request there. Yeah, well, do you want to start this, or you want me to jump in? Well, I, I will just state this for the record, as I have before, having worked with people diagnosed with MS and helped them to reverse it, that I don't look at MS as a disease. I look at it as a, 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 an evidence of body toxicity, neurological damage, and deficiencies. And when I correct these things, and I'll send them to appropriate, either a chiropractor, somebody that works structure and function together, we see re- complete reversals. That di- Whoa, they don't have MS anymore. And so, for me, I'm not scared by it the way that many people are because I've seen it reversed. Well, Robert, what you just said is uh, absolutely the truth. It is a diagnosis in medicine, in modern medicine, we call it. It's a diagnosis of exclusion. It is not a uh, diagnosis that's made that's very, very clear. It's always uh, X, Y, and Z, but cannot rule out A, B, and C. It's one of those type of things. They'll sometimes do MRI scans and look at the plaque formations. And just the experience that I've had dealing with MS, and I've had probably maybe 15 cases of MS that I've treated over the last uh, 18 years in private practice. And we have had cases of people that were bedridden, that couldn't get up, that are totally functional today, at least to the best of my knowledge. And this was at four, five, six years of post-follow-up. They were totally normal, productive members of society to the other extreme where people had just some benefit. Not they, they had no more progression, but they didn't really come out of it all the way. And so that 
clearly shows that by addressing the issues that we were addressing, we were able to recover some people beyond what we could ever expected, and other people only stopped the progression, which means that essentially I didn't identify which toxicity. There might have been one or two toxicities that I must have missed. And, and just right now what comes to mind is there was probably a significant component of electromagnetic or energetic toxicity that I had missed because back then I wasn't addressing that as much. Right. But the point is exactly what you said. These things are reversible. Um, I've had some really, I've actually had one person that was just listening to a radio show that I was on um, before you and I started. This was like back in 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a radio show that I was a guest on, and that was with the with the old product uh, drop, uh, Transitropin, if you remember. Yes. The person was bedridden for 20 years and, and actually sat up and was able to walk within 72 hours. So um, it, it, it is exactly what you said. It is a combination of different toxicities, different environmental triggers, and if those things are adequately addressed, there is no reason for the person not to full, uh, have a full 100% recovery. Right, and I speculate, Laura, asking this question now, years, 20 years later, now feeling like you know something's getting worse. And I, and I like that she's sensitive to feel it before it's devastating, that something's going on. You know, I look at emotional triggers as well. Have there been additional stressors in your environment recently, personal or otherwise, financial? These things can tap or sap your immune system, and the things you were doing to hold it at bay, if you didn't fully remove, for instance, residual mercury from the body, suddenly now you're not able to do it the way you were, and now you see it manifest as something that was seemingly like this MS that you say is a di- uh, diagnosis of exclusion. Exactly. So the, to answer that question, I mean, you know, when the, the feeling, I, I, let me make sure I understood the question, Robert. You're saying what could be the reason for the feeling of it now, the progressiveness of it now? Is that what you're asking? Well, I, w- I was speculating as to why she was feeling it, but I was also applauding her to say she's reaching out because oh. she feels and senses something is wrong now, something's different. Right, absolutely. That's one of the best things that you can actually expect or hope that person has it there own feedback mechanism is is uh, so in tune and so sensitive that they're able to pick up um, on their own this essentially feedback mechanism. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. listening to the feedback from the body. They're listening to their body. That is a, such an important component of the healing process. That's actually such an important aspect of all aspects of life, especially the healing process, that you are in tune with your body. So you're right. I, and I also commend her for that. Listening in, and you are listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show, live with Dr. Rasha Bittar each and every week, the author of the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Highly recommend it to all of you, especially our new listeners. It'll get you far in a hurry. Stick around. We've got lots more healing to go. Questions about fertility. If you want to have kids, we're going to talk about that after this break. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. You see, we're on a mission from God. 
And joining me in that mission, Dr. Rashid Batar here, Advanced Medicine Monday, MedicalRewind.com if you ever miss a show. And uh, we get together and talk about a whole host of things. And today, uh, we started with some heavy metal discussion. We talked about MS. Uh, there is a question about fertility, Dr. Batar. I know you know a little bit about this, so we'll get to that. But also, there's a story here about low iron levels during pregnancy and potentially that being a cause of autism as well. We've, we've talked extensively, of course, about mercury, and you've seen it uh, over the years. But what is this indicating to you when they say, oh, it could be low iron levels during pregnancy? Well, it could also be pushing a shopping cart at a certain point in your pregnancy. It could also cause autism. And looking at the TV the wrong way, and if you scratch your rear end the wrong angle, that causes autism. I get your point. So yeah. you're saying they're reaching for straws here to avoid the obvious, that is, mercury. Absolutely. And again, it's not like, you know, when people ask me, Dr. Tarkinby, you should be so sure. I've had people actually ask me, even, even existing patients mm-hmm. um, that have said, you know, how can you be so, what, what if there's something that you've missed? What if there's something else? These, these are only the parents where the children are not responding. And I have to tell them, if you've treated 2,000 cases, and even when you second-guessed yourself for three years on a child that's not improving, and you second-guess yourself and say, maybe there's something that I've missed, maybe it's something else, maybe it's not always mercury, and then all of a sudden that same child that has shown no metal, no mercury, no lead, no cadmium, no nothing, probably one of the cleanest heavy metal tests you've ever had, all of a sudden you're about to start the recovery protocol, and you do one more challenge test, and lo and behold, Mercury levels are now 87 micrograms per gram creatinine, where the normal considered anything below 3 is considered normal and above 3 is considered toxic. Now they're at 87 micrograms per gram creatinine. And lead levels are 125. And you say, oh, my God, this is unbelievably high. This must be an error. Let me repeat it. And you repeat the test. And instead of, uh, instead of uh, 87 micrograms per gram creatinine, it's now like 120 in mercury and 247 micrograms per gram creatinine in lead. So the point is, that it's always these things. And how do I know that for sure? How could I put my life on that? Because the only thing that we've ever done to help these kids, besides some supportive stuff, is remove the metals. Mm-hmm. You take the garbage out, the body comes back online. It may take six months. It may take six weeks. It may take six years. But it is just simply taking the garbage out. So when you start asking these type of questions, I know you're not asking, Robert, but when, when people start, you know, said it's a deficiency in iron, if mm-hmm. anything, it would be an excess of iron causing lipid peroxidation and causing uh, neuronal damage, um, but it wouldn't be a low uh, iron level. And what they're trying to say, perhaps, is that low iron would indicate an anemia, iron deficiency anemia, which means that the hemoglobin in the blood doesn't have enough oxygen-carrying capacity to carry the oxygen to the brain, which causes an anoxia, which is essentially like having a stroke or something like that where you're not getting enough oxygen, where you're not perfusing the brain. That's what they're probably trying to say. I didn't review the study. I mean, the headline of it is enough for me to just go, you know, pass it. I've got other things better to do. If I want to waste my time, I'll do something else, you know, like <laughs> Well, you, you've so. actually, you, you've nailed it beautifully, uh, and I appreciate that very much, because it's not like we're now advocating for anemia during pregnancy either, but the argument is always used to dissuade anybody from linking the vaccines and the mercury in them, even the so-called mercury-free vaccines, and linking them to autism, which, of course, is something that would bring down the so-called house of needles for for lack of a better way to say it as cdc is propping up at this point 
So uh, excellent. I appreciate that overview of that. Now, let's get back to a question of the day here. This is the second one coming in. This is from Madeline, and she is 23 years old. Her husband is 25. They're trying to get pregnant and, and been trying for a year. No success. She's gone to the gynecologist. They're saying, really, we don't see anything. There's no problem that we can see. But she was, interestingly enough, diagnosed with anemia when she was 13, put on birth control pills, but she hasn't been on those for seven years, so she stopped that at 16. Uh, her husband used to have H. pylori, but he went on a cleaner diet. They both apparently are, are now vegan. Her husband has gone raw, and their health has improved, but they're still struggling with this issue of fertility and wanting to have children. The doctors have suggested some kind of HSG scan where they inject dye to look in the uterus and the fallopian tubes to see if there's blockage, but she doesn't want to do that because she knows how toxic it is. And then they're saying, maybe it's your cervix. It's tilted the wrong way. I'm I'm concerned because these are 20-somethings that have come up in the era of the the expanded vaccine schedule as well. Robert, I have had absolutely no training in fertility. I have had well over a dozen and a half patients over the last 18 years either referred to me or seek me out specifically because they wanted to get pregnant. And every one of those patients, I told them the exact same story, that I'm not, uh, I don't have any knowledge in fertility. Um, however, philosophically, it's a toxicity issue in my belief. And if I'm right, then you should get pregnant. And the last person that I did this with was a friend of mine whose name is Ernesto, uh, is Ernest, I'm sorry, and uh, with his wife, they had been, and by the way, every one of the, I would say probably the vast majority of these, probably 80% or more of these couples that came to me, all had gone through fertility treatments, had gone through um, uh, Clomid and all these drugs to enhance their the, the ovulation cycles and done all sorts of different things, you know, the, the in, in vivo um, uh, fertilization, the whole thing, they tried all sorts of different things, and mm-hmm. this still had not worked. You want to take a wild guess what our success rate has been? Um, let's see. How many, you said you got, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess it's pretty close to 100%. 100%. Yeah, ding, 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 I get a prize. But then I'm not surprised, because what and we all do. We did, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all we did is clean them up. That's all we did. So like this, uh, or my friend Ernest, his wife, when she came to me, um, she basically, you know, we, we put her on a program and, you know, how long is it going to be before I get pregnant? I said, listen, I'm not here to get you pregnant. Your <laughs> husband wanted me to see if I could help. I'm telling you it's a toxicity issue. And if you're going to get pregnant, you should get pregnant on your own. I'm not trying to uh, enhance that. I'm just trying to enhance your physiology so your body's working better. Yes. And first place we started, first place, and this, is, this goes back to the question. You can do all you want to do by eating right and uh, being on a vegan diet and, um, you know, treat it for H. pylori and this, that, the other, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is, and, and this is a point that I want to make that goes beyond just this question of the issue of fertility, this point that I'm going to make is relative and valid for all disease, okay? At a certain point, all these things that you're doing are moot. I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't do them anymore, and it is important to do them, but at a certain point, you are beyond it because you're worried about the cup of water you're holding in your hand and you're standing in the middle of a tsunami. Mm-hmm. 
by saying that I don't want to spill this cup of water because I could get wet while you're standing in the middle of a tsunami, it doesn't make any sense. You live in a toxic world. You cannot control what you're breathing. Many times you cannot control what you're drinking or what you're eating because you may be eating organic. How many times have we heard these studies and uh, and articles that have come out about things that are certified organic, but yet they're genetically modified? I've had that with my own feed for my for my uh, cows, Mm -hmm. where you know, remember we had that discussion on the air about getting the feed, and uh, in North Carolina we couldn't find any place that had non-GMO feed for cattle. Right. Everything was always organic. It's organic. It's organic. I'm not asking if it's organic. Is it? Non-GMO. We, we use everything clean, and it's completely, you know, is it organic? I'm sorry, you're going to talk to the owner. Talk to the no, owner. No, I know. It was, it was corrupted at the genetic level, but okay, we don't use any additional pesticides. No, no, no. We need it clean from the baseline, not just after the fact. Exactly. So when you're dealing with, like, these people's issues, and they say they've been doing this and that and the other, you have to understand, you're, you're talking about all the stuff that you've done that's in the cup of water you're holding in your hand. But you're standing in the middle of a tsunami. You are going to get wet. Extraordinary circumstances call for extraordinary means. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you you cannot expect to get a resolution for some of these problems um, in the environment that we live in. We are on a polluted planet. And so you have to go beyond a certain point. And and I'm not sitting... uh, You know, it almost seems like I'm saying that you have to... um, Take the doctor out, and that's not what I'm trying to say, because, again, you know, the book is the nice to keep the doctor away, but at a certain point, you do have to find somebody that can do something beyond what your body is capable of doing. People right. say, well, the body has the innate ability to heal itself. It absolutely does, but the body it was not designed to take a poison like mercury that's been injected into your body over years and then eliminate it. You right, know? and these kids, basically, in their 20s, unless they had parents that were very aware, all got hammered more so than any previous generation in history in this way. And so, exactly. and, and I've seen the exact same thing in working even with my mentor and helping these folks uh, years ago, and they ended up getting pregnant. Why? Because the cleaning out of the body, the doing the things that we talk about. And there's an interesting article on Time Magazine online. They're talking about, you know, how do you know if your hormones are messed up, right? Hormonal issues. Uh, and, of course, they gave her birth control pills, well, you know, they talk about fatigue and skin changes and hair growth and, and strange periods and night sweats and things like that. And, yes, I would not disavow acknowledge and acknowledge that, yes, there may be thyroid conditions also, but, of course, those also go to mercury, selenium deficiency, environmental toxicity, GMOs corrupting all of this. And we've seen the GMO rat studies that raise the levels of infertility as well. So all of that becomes necessary we don't even have to focus only on the reproductive system but the entire system of being and that's exactly the the point robert because i never focused on the reproductive system i started her first removal of heavy metals secondly dealing with persistent organic pollutants um, balancing her nutritional aspects when you deal with the heavy metals and persistent organic pollutants one of the first things you're doing is you're dealing with the uh, hormonal cascade the the thyroid the Adrenal, the hypothalamic adrenal axis, and that this is vital for the ability of the body to release the appropriate sex hormones in the right ratios. And inside of six months, without trying to do anything else, just detoxifying her, putting her on the same program I would put uh, to a much lesser extent, but the same program I put a cancer patient or a heart disease patient on, she got pregnant, and she ended up having twins spontaneously, Beautiful. not with any drugs. 
Beautifully done. Beautifully done. We've got one more segment of Advanced Medicine coming up. Remember, if you miss a show, MedicalRewind.com. We're heard around the world on GCN or Syndicator and NaturalNewsRadio.com. UK Health Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Epic Times, and more. Stick around. Lots more healing to go. Question about TB after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. to talk about a story about exposure to TB in a hospital in Texas, but we, I don't think we'll have time for that. And, and besides, Dr. Batar and I have talked about TB before, so just do a, a search or go to medicalrewind.com. You can hear that discussion. We took a call off the air from Bob, who's concerned about his wife, who's in just been just brutalized by modern medicine. He's trying to help her get back out of it. Doctors are considering chelation, but they want to say, well, we got to make sure your kidneys are working well enough. The potassium's way out of balance. I don't know what to do. Dr. Batar, how can you help Bob and his wife? This is a very common thing. This is the reason I wanted to actually answer this on the air, Robert, because mm-hmm. so many doctors, in fact, this happened at the Autism One conference where I'm not going to go into names of people, but this is one of the comments that they made. Oh, well, we have to first optimize the gut before we can uh, address the metal issue. And it sounds great in theory, but it's a load of rubbish, okay? You mm-hmm. cannot talk about, it's like saying, first, I have to make sure that the soil is good before I try to put the fire out. There's a freaking fire burning, for God's sake. You've got to put the fire out before anything else. And what they don't seem to understand is when you put the fire out, most of the damage and most of the problems that you're having are going to start to balance out. So to worry about the quality of your soil, I'm not saying that the quality of the soil is not important. Obviously, the terrain is important. But to say that I'm going to first deal with the terrain before I put the fire out is an absolute idiocy. Here's, no, I'm, I'm with you. When I started healing, it was liver, liver, liver. And people were saying, well, you got to do the gut, too. It's like, dude, i got to detoxify the body. Yeah, I want to do the gut, but I'm not waiting. Right. And in this case, Robert, when you deal with the liver, you're going to end up dealing with the gut a little bit. When you deal with the gut, you're going to deal with the liver anyway. Yes. And, and it is one of these things, you know, what came first, the chicken or the horse. But what I'm talking <laughs> about is like this, this comment that Bob made about the kidneys. They're worried about mm-hmm. the kidneys. Right. Or they're worried about the gut in kids with autism. What they're not understanding is that the heavy metals are causing the disruption in the first place. And if you don't address the heavy metals, you will never get a hold of this because the problem that you're trying to solve is not solvable by dealing with the gut or dealing with the kidneys at this juncture. You have to reduce the toxicity burden so that now you can get an edge. You have to put the fire out before you can start to worry about the quality of the soil is my point. Right, so in right. this particular kid, the, the, uh, issue, they're dealing with this lady's kidneys and they want to get a balance here and there, and then, and then they're going to consider doing chelation. The first place that you see an effect from chelation is in the renal parenchyma. You will see a bump in the BUN creatinine for maybe the first day or two, three, and then you'll see a drop in the BUN creatinine, and the kidney function start to actually improve. And you have, the reason is, is because the kidneys are concentrating all the metals. As the blood is being filtered through the glomeruli, there's a concentration of all the metals that are hitting the, the, the uh, renal parenchyma, okay? So the, the, the kidneys are getting the brunt of this toxicity because on a natural basis, they're constantly mm-hmm. detoxifying the, the blood. Well, when right. you have a increase, just think of a filter, okay? The filter is going to be dirty. So when you actually chelate somebody, you're actually cleaning out the filter so the filter can do a better job and starts filtering even better. And when you start doing that, you have an improvement in the kidney function, 
But to say that, okay, well, we consider cleaning up the oil, um, <laughs> but right now we're concerned about the filter. You know what? If you clean the oil in this particular case, you're cleaning the filter. You're flushing the filter out. Right, right. right. Yeah, so I know. We, and we, you we, can't change. You can't. You we've can't discussed the filter, but you can right. clean the kidneys, and this is the way to do it. And we've discussed many of the keyletting docs don't understand this aspect, and they're worried and nervous. Maybe they're not doing it right. But again, go back and listen to some of our archives, our our discussion. Fascinating. You won't hear it probably anywhere else, other than if you go to a Doctor Batar seminar or advanced medicine. Uh, you were going to mention something about selenium before the break as well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give you time because we're you know rapidly running out this uh, this uh, episode. Well, I wanted to say something about selenium. You, you're a big proponent of selenium, and so am I. In fact, you know that there's a study that was done that showed just taking 20 microgram, uh, 200 micrograms of selenium in your diet every day, right. and a 19-year retrospective study showed a decrease of cancer from 19% down to 1%. So I'm a big proponent of selenium, too. But mm-hmm. on that article that was on Natural News, there was somebody that had mentioned in a blog entry that, oh, yeah, while you detox, you know, please don't forget selenium. Make sure you take selenium because selenium helps the kidneys, blah, blah, blah. Please be careful because selenium in higher than 400 micrograms per gram, uh, I'm sorry, 400 micrograms dose uh, is going to act like a heavy metal and is going to cause oxidative damage. In fact, there was a mechanism of murder on PSI where the wife kills her husband by poisoning him with a supplement for cattle that's a selenium supplement. So it was really interesting when I, when I watched that CSI, it was a couple of years ago. But the point is that any beneficial mineral and this isn't just selenium copper the same way iron the same way right careful that you take the right dose the right dose and the right form because again in that horse thing there was something going on with the form but listen we're out of time dr batar awesome awesome advanced medicine monday go back and listen tell your friends they'll learn a lot and they'll be empowered to get well and stay well even if their doctor doesn't know how to do it because what we do on this show with dr batar and you'll confirm it what do we tell them heal absolutely there. It's yours. Thank you, my friend. Back tomorrow. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.